I will not go back until he asks me. Begs me. I work the rest of the afternoon in a frenzy, filling in the figures. I try to remember Tatiana the showgirl's face, her hollow cheeks and her swollen lips. I spend a lot of time getting the junction right where the scales of the snake melt into Papa's skin. I fill in the landscape in the background, the cobbled driveway of the villa, the iron gate, and the massive columns. By the time I climb down, it's already dark. My eyes burn. When I turn my head, I hear the crack of the vertebrae, and when I pat my stomach, it thumps like a drum. I haven't eaten all day, and I've cycled past the grumbling stomach and the hunger pangs. My body is already starting to hollow out the cells, filling them with adrenaline and lactic acid, speeding up the process of consuming itself. Eat up, brother. Buon appetito. My phone lights up. Fede. Martina's looking for you. I don't answer. She's been holding your dinner. Martina has made dinner for Papa and me almost every night since Luca died, and the thought of her waiting for me and wondering is the only thing that makes me answer. Tell her I'm sorry, but I'm not coming. Where are you? I'm fine. I shut off my phone, go outside and sit on the fifth-year bench. I take out a cigarette and stare at it in my hands, then put it back in the pack. The stars over the sea are infinite tonight. They say that since the Big Bang, the universe has been in constant motion, expanding at an accelerating rate, the spaces filled with dark energy and dark matter. And what we can see, either by looking through telescopes or formulating equations, only makes up 5% of what's actually out there. 5%. And the rest? No one knows. I was listening to this astrophysicist on TV a few years ago, and they asked him about it, what exactly this dark matter and dark energy was. Now, this guy won a Nobel Prize or something, and he's supposed to be on TV as an expert. And you know what he said? He said it's a complete mystery to him, too. And then he shrugged. This Nobel laureate. And it really didn't seem to bother him. He went on to say that there have always been and will always be things the scientists don't know. And it's only the simpletons and amateurs who try to wrap everything into a neat little package. Who try to explain away the mystery. I hear a rustle in the bushes from somewhere near the path. Eto, you up here? I can see the glint of his glasses and the heavy beard that makes him look like a monk instead of the chief of police. Ciao, Silvio. I've been looking all over for you. I guess you win the prize. What are you doing up here? Making bombs. That's nothing to joke about, Eto. He sits down on the bench. Are you okay? Fantastic. I heard you and your papa had an argument. There's no argument. He told me to leave the shop, so I did. Finished. Come on, Eto. You know he didn't mean it. He sure sounded like he meant it. Silvio swats at the air and leans back against the bench. Eto, 
He doesn't know what he's doing. It's the middle of the tourist season. He can't possibly run the shop every day by himself. He'll have to work 14 hours a day. He should have thought about that before he said it. He would not be human if he always thought about things before he said them. Then it shouldn't be a problem for him to ask me to come back. If you go to the shop tomorrow morning, I am sure he will apologize, Etto. I'm not. Silvio sighs. You're a good boy, Etto, and your father is a good man. But sometimes you two need to be a little easier on each other.